Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camero here. Best-selling Amazon author, guitar teacher, businessman, and property entrepreneur. It's episode 203 of the Tudor Podcast, the weekly show that's all about how to have fun as you start, grow, and love your tutoring business, whilst hopefully staying sane and having fun in the process. In today's show, we're going to be talking about money, and more specifically, beliefs and ideas about money. Now, this is all stuff I wish I'd known when I was younger, and believe me, it would have made a big difference. I just wish I'd known it, so I'm kind of reaching back, trying to help you guys to understand how money works, how sometimes what we think about money changes things for the worse or for the better. So let's crack on. First of all, what is money? Well, I think money is just a tool. It's a constructed idea that helps things to move around. So it's a store of value. If you like, it lubricates the system, reduces friction between people in trade. It's a way you can transmit and exchange the value of what you do. But it's also an amplifier of who you really are. And I'll get around to that in a moment. It's a neutral social convention. Money's not good, it's not bad, it's just a tool. Like a blade, you can use it to harvest food or slice people up into little pieces. Depends on who you are, doesn't it? Is the blade itself evil or good? Neither. It's just a blade. But as I said, money is just a social convention. It's all made up. Here's how it works. Way back, money used to be based on gold. We'd say it was backed by gold. And governments were restricted um, in how much money they could issue depending on how much gold they held in reserve. Uh, in the UK, that lasted until 1931, when the government basically decided to come off the gold standard, which meant they were going to not keep as much gold in reserve. They could effectively sell it off to service the debts they were running up. So ever since then, what we think of money has been actually something called fiat currency, which if you want to go and look that up, it's very, very interesting. So because he's not actually backed by anything, money isn't worth a damned thing. It's made up and it's generally agreed on. And that's fine as long as everybody agrees that the paper or plastic currency you hold in is worth something. It's as good as real, like any belief system. So money is only worth what someone believes it's worth. If I hold up a £20 note in my hand, it's just a piece of paper, or these days a piece of plastic. Until someone comes along and believes that it's worth more than 
its material value. Its perceived value, which might sound like a familiar idea to you, if you were listening to the last episode, its, its perceived value is more than its material worth. And money is a system designed to make things easier. Um, I'm struggling at the moment to imagine carrying enough teaching to the bakery to go and buy some bread. For instance, I can instead take a few quid with me and go and pig out on cake and bread because that's the kind of person I am. So money allows us to store, transport, save, invest and pass on the value of our work of us if you like with other people in the world and it frees us from the tyranny of constantly having to work because by being able to store and transmit value I can actually call upon that store of value and pass it on when I need something I don't have to go into immediate work mode and trade immediate work for say that loaf of bread And here's how it all works then. Um, I decide that my lessons are worth a number of made-up units. We'll call them pounds. The customer agrees and in turn exchanges their own units of made-up value, their pounds, for my time, my knowledge and my skills. After that, I can then, if I choose, exchange those received units with someone else for what they do, which I consider to be a value, whether that's food, fuel, property, more guitars and books, and whatever I like. I can also hold on to the stored value in the money as savings. So the the vouchers for my value, those those pound notes if you like they're counted and they're added to a list at the bank we call it my bank balance and nothing tangible really exists my stored value is stored and transmitted as electronic ones and zeros or numbers on a computer screen my bank balance is really just my score in the game of providing value and helping people and that's all it is if you or I help more people to get what they want, that's recognised in our game score at the bank. So if we play better, provide more value, we score better. This is not rocket science, and this is how the game of money really works. So when you're in the game of money, and you are, whether you like it or not, wouldn't it make sense to know the rules? What I know is that what you believe about money will largely determine how the game goes for you. So where's your head at? What are your beliefs about money? Because beliefs about money vary wildly. If you think money's good, you'll probably attract it and hang on to it. If you've been told that money is evil and you buy into that, you'll repel money. You'll find a way to get rid of it because you won't want to be tainted by it. If you think money is easy to come by, 
you'll probably find it quite easy to acquire money because you're expecting it to come to you. And likewise, if you think money's hard, difficult to come by, you will struggle to acquire it. Like a lot of people, I was brought up to think that money doesn't grow on trees, that somehow rich people stole from poor people like me. I heard the phrase, filthy rich affair biz. People used to talk about dirty money. There was the, the subtext, the idea of the noble poor. And of course, the old line, I guess you'd call it, I can't really use impolite language on this podcast, was the idea that money wasn't as important as love, friendship, happiness, etc., etc., what I now know is that people who tell you that money isn't important don't have any. Furthermore, socialist political systems, that scheme of thought, just about every religion, they're all great at conditioning their followers to adopt beliefs which cause the followers to get rid of their money by donating it to the religious system or to the party. Their vital store of value is leached out of them. They tell you bullshit stories like it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> really? Wonder what's in it for them to tell you that story. Sadly, schools don't teach kids about money. Now, you could regard that as just stupid or sinister. It's largely a matter of choice. I think this is a massive, massive problem because it's setting up generation after generation of kids to fail in the game of life. Because in the game of life, the scores are kept at the bank. So what were you told about money? Um, where did you get your money beliefs from? If your parents and your teachers and mentors were wealthy, successful people, maybe worth listening to. If your parents were, like mine, not wealthy, living from paycheck to paycheck and struggling to make ends meet, it would probably be worth reconsidering those beliefs you were given. One of my mentors famously told me, don't take money advice from poor people. Duh. It's so obvious when I think about it now, but it wasn't obvious back then. Be very careful who you get your money advice from and where you're getting your money beliefs from, especially poor experts. I remember a couple of decades ago now I guess it would be being at the local branch of my bank and they'd asked me to go and have a financial planning meeting with one of their financial advisors terribly nice lady I've known known her at the branch for many years and we sat down together and during the course of it, I asked her for her financial statement so I could be sure that her advice was worth taking 
And I always do this with anyone who wants to talk money with me. I'll ask them for their financial statement. If they're doing better than me, I'll give them the time. I'll listen, take their advice on. It might be worth listening to. If they're skint and they haven't got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of, probably their advice is not worth taking. Anyway, during the course of this financial planning meeting, I asked for a financial statement and she sort of blushed, teared up, and she actually told me she was struggling to make ends meet. That blew me away because I thought she was an expert. She was a certified financial planner. She had lots of letters after her name and she worked in a bank. What could possibly go wrong? When she settled down, she actually asked me how I was doing so well because I only had a, an ordinary job in finance. And that kind of shook me. As nice as she was, as nice as she still is because I still see her from time to time around. I won't take her advice. Don't take financial advice, money advice from poor people. So the whole money thing, is money good or is it evil? Well, neither. It's neutral. Money doesn't care. Money's a neutral tool. If you're good, money lets you do more good by being more of who you are. If you're an idiot, it allows you to be even more of an idiot. It simply amplifies who you are. It clarifies you and allows you to display more of yourself to the world. So rich people, I was told that rich people were evil, greedy, exploitative, that they somehow got rich by fleecing the poor. And this is absolute bollocks. People get rich by giving other people what they want by creating value that their customers will hand over their store of value to acquire. And unless you're a criminal or engaged in some nefarious kind of activity, that's it. I love the idea that you can help other people to get what they want. And by doing that, you can get everything you want. Rich people, in my experience, are usually the exact opposite of what I was told by my socialist parents. There was also a bit of religion in the background, but that's another story. Rich people, in my experience, are usually way more generous than poor people because they can afford to be. They're way more helpful to other people, other members of their tribe who are trying to help themselves. They generally want to reach back to other members of their tribe of strivers and pull them up to higher levels of success. They recognize themselves in the upcomers. Rich people are usually happier than poor people because they're less stressed than poor people. And those wealthy, successful, rich people 
they're generally much more positive and much more fun to be around than desperate poor people. I wish I'd known that back then. And what I now know is that the best way to help poor people is not to be one of them and to generate enough wealth that you can give back, help people, encourage them, pull them forward so that they can become successful and wealthy too. And everything starts with belief. If, like me, you've ever found yourself saying something stupid like, I'm not good with money. Stop. Smile to yourself because you've just discovered why you're no good with money. You have an identity of being someone who is not good with money. Anytime you say, I am, your brain perks up, listens, and then takes action to confirm what you say about yourself. That's your identity. So change your identity from, I'm not good with money, to, I'm very good with money. I am a money magnet. Money's attracted to me. Or, I love money and the good it allows me to do. And guess what happens? Everything changes. The minute you decide that money is valuable and good, you're going to figure out ways to acquire more of it, hang on to it and use it wisely, rather than fritter it away and never have enough. So I suggest that if you have any money issues, you begin to educate yourself about money and about building wealth. Read, listen and learn. Lots of very successful, wealthy people are eager to help other people through their books, their talks, their podcasts and the like. Three principal sources I recommend for you are Robert Kiyosaki and his Rich Dad, Poor Dad book franchise. Rob Moore, UK entrepreneur. His book, Money, is well worth a read. And one of my favourites is Felix Dennis, British publishing magnate and poet. His book, How to Get Rich, very down-to-earth, brutal, honest, worth a read and very funny. There are many, many more books that I could recommend. And if you want more recommendations, just get in touch. Remember, it's info at neilcamado.com. Send me a message. Now, these guys have all gone from zero to wealthy to multimillionaire. So their advice and their insights are definitely worth way more than the few pounds you'll spend on a book, even a used copy of the book. It doesn't have to be a new one. You only want information. You don't care about the artifact. Go to Oxfam. Go to any of the second-hand bookstores. You'll find copies of these books. Invest a few quid because it will be worth a fortune to you. Above all, guys, don't be a victim, a loser in the money game. Take action for yourself. I've been poor and I'm now comparatively wealthy. 
I own 15 investment properties that all contribute to my wealth. I'm fully booked solid as a guitar teacher. I receive passive income from books I've written and music that I've written. And I'm just getting started. I've been poor and I'm now comparatively wealthy. And I know what I choose to be. When I was poor, I couldn't help anyone. I was skint. Now I'm much more successful, much more wealthy. I can be more generous. I can help more people because I'm not desperately trying to make ends meet. Now, this is, sounds well and good. You might decide to do something. You might decide to stick your head in the sand and not really give it much thought. But I'd urge you to consider this. By choosing not to take action, you're already making a choice. Choose well. Choose to make money work for you and to empower you rather than to enslave you. Changing that one belief can and will change your life the same way it's changed mine. So that's my wrap up on money, guys. It's all in your mind. Let me know what caught your ear in this episode and how you get on. As always, I'd love to hear from you because I'm here to listen and learn too. Send your questions, your comments to info at neilcanwedo.com. And you can also reach me where I'm on Twitter as at Tutor Podcast. Till next time, remember to subscribe to the Tutor Podcast, get all the updates and more tips to help you start, grow and love your tutoring business while not going around the bend in the process. And I'll see you next time. Till then, have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.